I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. All right, joining me today, I have Danae Dormy. She is a previous guest, number 48. If you want to go back, I'll have it linked in there. You can check it out. But she is the host of the Grounded Podcast. If you haven't checked that out, you absolutely should. Uh, this will be a year of her doing that. She was recently named to Women's Running 2022 Power Running Women of the Year, as well as the Kicks Women to Watch and many more accolades you've been like just had so many people <laughs> shouting you out it's so awesome to see so welcome back and thank you for joining me oh thank you so much for having me it's always good to return to uh, a friend's show and be able to be on the other side of the mic i feel very rusty right now <laughs> i feel like i'm a i'm a tv show coming off of my winter hiatus and so <laughs> i haven't recorded in a while and i've taken a couple months off i i don't function um seasonally with my show but i've been off for a while so it's really great to return uh to this platform in this way with you, um, especially here, like in the local New Mexico community. So thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I want to touch base on some of the things you just said, because I think we've we've chatted a little bit on this on, on your taking that time that you need to refresh and make sure you're ready to move on. But, you know, I, I we mentioned this just prior but you are this is going to be my hundredth episode not counting the initial trailer Yay! and it's so awesome <laughs> yeah like it, it's great to have you for this again like just someone out of new mexico i mean obviously i'm all based out of new mexico but like you're killing it on this other level and you're also podcasting and and have this other insight with it it's just really cool to have you as as that hundredth person it's it's awesome for me <laughs> Thanks. I totally feel the same way, actually, just in that I feel like we've grown together at the same time through this journey. And to see someone like you creating episodes on a weekly basis um, and not not, you know, like giving up on the podcast <laughs> dream, like I'm here with you, like sometimes it's a and I feel like we've been really commiserating the past year over those weeks that are awkward where maybe we don't have guests or we're just like tired. And I know you work as well on top of the show. And um, that's something we relate over. And I feel like your show was, you know, much newer back when I started and, and yeah. you were somebody I was like, OK, cool. He knows what he's doing in this space and I can <laughs> um, look to you in this space. And it's just been fun to be able to go through this at the same time and and know that we're based in the same community. Um, I feel like somehow because of the pandemic, we haven't really run into each other here in right. Mexico, but you've run into my dad, you, you know, <laughs> you're, you're at different like sporting events and then I just miss you or we're running the same race somehow and we missed each other. But right. uh, I'm, I'm so like honored and grateful to be your hundredth guest. Like that's such a beautiful milestone and I can only hope to, get to 100 episodes <laughs> <laughs> well i think you know just going back on what you said like it had it's so awesome to have someone else in the community that i am talking with and that we do share this space like there's other new mexico-based podcasts that do really well um 
there's you know there's some really great one there's a crime one that i i can't even i can't think of the name right now um but they're they're doing awesome and to have you and we're just kind of in this similar space of kind of that running community and yeah we have kind of missed <laughs> a little bit back and forth but knowing that you're there and knowing like oh i just missed oh i didn't see you like that just being in that same space is really really awesome but it has been like you talked about like weekly episodes are sometimes tough like scheduling someone out and like something happens mm -hmm. you know someone gets sick or someone's got this going on all of a sudden you're scrambling on that next guest and like oh my goodness like ah and there's pressure but one of the things and I've and I've mentioned this to you I really respect that you've been able to I guess kind of shed a little bit of that and take like like you said you're coming off this little hiatus and you know to be able to take that time and enjoy like okay I need this for Mm -hmm. my own mental health for my own planning for my own this to make sure I'm putting out the quality that I want to put out which I really do respect for that um I guess how did you really kind of come to that like no I I need this for to be able to produce what I want to produce yeah um I think I would I didn't really know anything about podcasting when I started this journey a year ago I think for people who maybe heard my episode with you um, like last year. <laughs> it feels like so much has yeah. changed since then. Um, I was really just somebody who loved running and I hadn't ever dabbled in podcasting. Um, I hadn't really had any experiences in like the running social media community. I really didn't know that there was this whole other world out there. I had always experienced it in this very like insular way, like in New Mexico through my dad being a coach, like through my own running and racing. I just you know, through high school, like I hadn't experienced it through this bigger platform and media and things like that. Um, but I think I quickly realized like, okay, I'm doing this on top of a job and this is very <laughs> unsustainable. And even if I didn't have a job, it's really hard to like, this could be its own job. Like even if this were my primary job, I guess is what I meant to say, because, you know, there are people who, who make their living podcasting and that, um, sounds really dreamy and awesome for sure. <laughs> um, just to have more time to produce, but then when you have more time, you're just going to produce more episodes. So you're still going to be in the same position of having to out how to rest and where those breaks come in. And for me, you know, it's a very one person operation in that I'm recording, editing, um, very similar to you. And that yeah. feels like there's so much weighing on me to get this out weekly. But I just had to learn, like, I guess if there's one thing about me, like, I don't really care what other people think about me very much. <laughs> so, or at least that's something I shed like a long time ago, because, uh, <laughs> you know, I, by the time I was on my way to college going to Yale, I think as a native woman, like I was subject to so many different judgments around, oh, like you, you only got into Yale because of affirmative action. You only have opportunities in your life because you're a native woman. And like, I've been having to just overlook those comments my whole life. And so I knew when I went into podcasting, like this was going to be my show and I was going to do it my way. And, you know, people are either going to listen or they're not. And so I feel like just bringing your best self and your most authentic self to the table is typically the best strategy here because people, you know, my partner always keeps me hopeful because he's like, you know, people 
come to listen to your show for the guests, but they stay for the hosts because you have to enjoy the experience of hearing those conversations and, and the questions that are asked to really like vibe with somebody's show and, and work. And so I, I really try to take that to heart and like understand, okay, like, you know, if people are here because they enjoy my interview style and they enjoy what I'm doing and what content I'm putting out, they're going to stick around if I take a rest for myself for a week. And the people who won't stick around probably weren't going to stick around long term anyways. So I just learned to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's great. And it's just such a healthy way to, to view it. Um, because that pressure can be you know, a lot to, to make sure you're, you're getting it out that it's out there. And, and again, like some of these people have teams, you know, who are doing marketing, who are doing editing, who are cleaning things up, who are doing all those extra little things that go into it that, you know, frankly, I don't always have time for. And I know, you know, you don't always have time for. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And, and at some point I hope to be able to get help and like hire an editor and and outsource things because I think that that would be ideal. Um, right now, doing things all as one person is actually a, a sort of best case scenario for me because then I'm on my own schedule. And like when I do drop off, for instance, and decide I'm going to take a, a hiatus, whether that it's brief or it's two months, it's kind of just up to me. Like it only impacts me and my schedule and I'm not, you know, paying another person um, or anything like that. So right now I feel very free form. You know, I don't know if I'll continue taking this long of breaks in the future, but the podcast is so young. I don't have any intention of stopping anytime soon, but I knew that after like 11 months ish of basically working two jobs between <laughs> my job and the podcast, I needed some sort of significant break. I had actually intended the break to only be for like four ish weeks or um, four to six weeks. And it ended up being like two months because I, I hit New Year's time and I was like, wow, I am not rested enough to start <laughs> this again and, and have to know like once you're in that weekly recording space, you're you're constantly thinking of like you're you live week to week. Like I live right. Wednesday to Wednesday. So I'm sure you live. What is it? Sunday to Sunday. Right. Yep. And and you feel that you're like, that's my beginning of my next week. And so you can only rest maybe the 24 hours after that day. And then you're like on it again. And so I didn't realize how how much that was impacting my body and like kind of having that anxiety always with me was like really hard. And so I, I've adjusted to that a little more and this break was much needed. And I feel like I'm dusting off, uh, you know, my microphone right now a little bit. <laughs> well, I know I, I'm sure you're going to give some of these updates, um, on your, on your next episode, um, coming back, but you know, I'm, I'm sure some people are curious or at least I'm curious, you know, you, that, how it affects your your whole rest of your life, you know, living that week to week. And you've been very open about kind of where your running is right now. You've had some injuries and you haven't been able to to run the way that you wanted to. Did, do you think that had a factor with it? Like you didn't have that kind of like getaway mm -hmm. time of running for that downtime as well? Yes. I th I think that had a way bigger impact on it than I realized. I had been like injured for most of 2021, but I also really hadn't been able to work on it very much. And even though I was doing some rehab stuff, like I just, I never went running because I knew if I had to make time for that to re-enter the routine of running just sounded really hard and like an added thing that didn't sound fun while I was actually ironically doing a running podcast. Um, in this two month break, I've been running way more like 
just so much more than I had been the past um, several months. And I think that was, I'm, I don't know if I'm, I'm still figuring out my strength, but like I can now run a couple miles without stopping. And like two months ago, I could not do that. I couldn't run a mile without stopping. And I was walk running and I was, I had never really hit that point before in my whole life. So it was a little bit startling (laughs) to, (laughs) to have to feel like I was coming from back from zero that had never happened to me before. Um, but now I'm starting to feel a little more normal. I'm not running super consistently. I'm doing a lot of yoga right now on top of it, but it helped me. I realized like it was just holding me back from moving at all. Like there was so many things I could have been doing that weren't running, uh, you know, through the whole past year that I just wasn't doing because I just didn't have the time. And so these past, like I've been doing a ton of yoga, a ton of um, walking and a lot more running. And so I feel like I'm I feel like very ready for this year and like I'm coming back from something for sure. And I have like the full intention of running the New York city marathon in November. So hopefully I make it there. Like I'm really, really hoping it works out. (laughs) It'll be my first one. So, um, so we'll see. (laughs) Well, I'll be cheering for you. I I think we talked about this last time. I think you were gearing up for, you know, wanting to do a marathon Mm -hmm. then. And then again, everything kind of, kind of hit. So I'm glad that's, that's still on the table for you because it's, whether it happens or not, and obviously I'm rooting for it to happen, but to have those goals to reach for and to to feel like you're accomplishing mm-hmm. something, not only long term, but those daily kind of getting better. I think it's just it's just so good for for your body if you don't, you know, if you allow it to happen naturally. For sure. Yeah, I'm really excited. And it has. It's been postponed a couple times um, <laughs> due to COVID for me. I could have run it in 2021 like I had a um, the option and I delayed it because I had been going through so many injuries and changes in my life with the podcast. Um, so now I feel a little bit more ready to to take that on. That's good. That's good. I mean, I'm excited to 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 follow your growth on that as as with everything else. Um, and I guess kind of on that topic of growth, like did you have any idea the impact or the growth that you would see from this? I mean, I just name, I mean, women's running 2022 power women, power women of the year, like some amazing names in there. Some of your former guests, like mm-hmm. the kick women to watch, like, I mean, it's pretty awesome. Like, did you have any clue that you would be able to have that kind of impact? And, and you've said on your own, podcasts like the people that reach out to you about like you know guests that you have or even just about your own running yeah um so I was totally blown away by the women's running power women thing I was was like (laughs) I try not to get caught up in in lists or like you know there's so many things that go around that um that we use as like validation or, or or checkpoints or things but it was like pretty surreal to uh, see myself in the middle of this list of like professional runners and Olympians, um, you know, that I really look up to and people that I, I think, I think it said something on that list. It was like uh, Molly, you know, a thing Mo. And then it said Sydney McLaughlin. And then it was like Danae Dormy. And I was like, what am I doing here? (laughs) It was truly like what on earth? Um, I had trouble processing. It was one of like those few things I think in my life that I really had trouble processing because I have definitely carved my space in the running community. And I think I try to, um, you know, be confident about where I am and own my accomplishments and things like that. But 
I think most importantly, like I just have a lot of fun with the podcast and I love that it's reached so many people, but I think to see myself in the context of those other women, um, as impacting the running industry was really rewarding because I was like, wow, I have pulled all nighters this year and I have really like put in like, you know, an additional probably like anywhere in any given week, 10 to 20 hours, you know, into the show. And I mean, I've cried several, several times <laughs> and I have, you know, kept my injury lingering with my um, running, given up a lot of things in my life to produce that show and so I feel that so like it really has blood sweat and tears in it and um you know like it, my body I had to make sacrifices within my body within my emotions within my time within you know my routine my uh, just everything and and that, that's why the break happened but to see myself I think in that in that grouping was really empowering and it was a really special moment because I got to you know go to the bookstore and pick up these copies of this magazine that I read all the time and that I have read all the time and, and see myself among just like some real amazing people that I have, um, some of them that I've had the honor to interview and, um, share that space with. And it's just, it was just really like that I couldn't have expected. I think, um, I, I always hoped that the podcast would do well, but I think to, um, just to have people see it, I think has meant a lot to me and people for people to see the work that I was doing and putting into it, it felt like it was worth it. Um, so that, that definitely helped for sure. And, um, it motivated me, I think to kind of get back into it, like, okay, I can do this. Like <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna happen. <laughs> um, and it just, yeah, it gave me a, a new fire. I think that I really needed and really, um, appreciate here in the new year. You know, one of the things that, I, th I feel is a common theme along a lot of runners, especially kind of more in the distance running side that, that I've, you know, in other podcasts, I've heard, you know, you talking to people, people I've talked to is this idea of like imposter syndrome, you know, and did you, you, you talk about this feeling surreal. Did you feel like, like that? Like you were like, I don't belong here. That women's running feature is the first time I think I've experienced a very honest like imposter syndrome in the running community because when you see your name next to I mean, you know, there's so many ways you can impact the community, but you just can't like sometimes you just still live with these uh, these dreams of things you maybe weren't able to do yourself or they felt unattainable. Like I have a, a family full of really talented runners and my dad ran in college and I was not a college athlete. And when I was in that transition from high school to college, that was really hard on me. And I had felt like maybe I had failed in some way, even though I was academically a very strong student, I was like, did I fail like the family and like, did I miss the point? <laughs> and um, it was really hard because I was like, why is this not working out for me when like I'm supposed to have that kind of talent, you know, within me or something. And, and I think I've, I've since moved past that, but, and I've, I've had to build my role in the running community through like a different route and a different path. But then even in that, I think there's a lot of people who then don't acknowledge my running or my athleticism anymore. They see me just as an advocate, just as a podcaster. They, you know, there's not been a lot of, I would say, I, I haven't done a lot of interviews where people really care quite honestly about what I'm training for. Um, and, I, and I talk about that a lot. So now I get <laughs> to talk about it more because I think 
when people interview me, they're like afraid of that. And so <laughs> like <laughs> journalists like call me up and they're, they, they definitely make sure to ask like, what are you training for? What's going on? But I had to like carve that out because people like saw me as a very one dimensional, like, okay, this is a native woman. She's an advocate. She's only talking about native issues within running. And I've always, always, always wanted to break that down a little bit more and let people know that like, I, I contain multitudes and I have a lot of different <laughs> interests and I um, love talking about that stuff, but I love weaving it into my other interests. And um, I think in the women's running piece, I felt all of it come through and I felt like I saw myself represented in a very authentic way in that piece. And um, I felt, I felt really good, you know, and, and the woman who wrote it, she, she did just an awesome job getting across the story and, and, you know, based on our interview and, I think that's what meant so much to me. But even so, seeing myself in the context of those other women was really shocking. And I was very emotional about it when I saw it because, it, like I said, it was it was like, I maybe I shouldn't be here. Like, what am I doing here? <laughs> um, especially since I was on hiatus from the show. I think right. I was like, man, you know, am I not am I not producing enough? But I think I continue to tell myself, like, our productivity in our and how productive we are does not correlate to our value as human beings or our value to this community as runners um so i i just stick with that and i'm like you know what it's fine i'll come back when i'm ready to come back and um i'm, I'm just grateful for that feature and that more people could find me through that and if people hadn't known about the show like maybe there's more people out there who needed that who need that show and um as much as I do and found it through that women's running piece and so <laughs> I I think there's just so many positives about it but for sure it was one of the one of the times that rocked me like a little bit I was like wow this feels kind of unreal like I don't feel like I should be here but uh but I'm grateful <laughs> I I mean I I I definitely I think anybody who who follows you and, and what you're doing I think for sure knows that you belong and it's awesome that you see that and it's it was really cool to see again like just someone repping representing new mexico in in just this like you said like kind of multifaceted way you, you know you're yes you you interview people and you're trying to bring out in them you know what you were so grateful to see in yourself in that in that um piece you know you're trying to bring out all of their interests and talk and you do an amazing job with that which which i find it can be hard. <laughs> It'd be hard yeah. to get that. <laughs> um, and so to dig into that a little bit, just as kind of a fellow podcast geek, <laughs> do you uh, do you pre-write your questions or do you kind of go with the flow? How do you how do you kind of work that? Yeah, I I actually it, it depends, but I don't write as many questions anymore. Um, most of the time I would say I don't write anything. I do have a trusty notebook that I always have by my side with a page of notes on the person that I'm interviewing. Um, oftentimes I know the person I'm interviewing, but sometimes I've had a few guests where like my experience meeting them is like through the show, which I'm sure, you know, like you don't know every single person well right. going into <laughs> it. Um, and I, I think my, one of my mentors Mario Fraioli who hosts the morning shakeout podcast also a very popular running podcast um, he has given me so much advice over the past year and I've been connected to him through the tracksmith fellowship but one of the things he told me is like you know I 
he 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 was reflecting on his own research that he does on guests and he was like yes i do research maybe i'll listen to a short clip of them on another show or i'll um, look into the work they're doing um, maybe it's something topical like happening now in the running community or things like that but but he was like i try not to over research and i think um, for me that method has worked best like i've met i've met so many podcasters and everyone does it so differently <laughs> and some people like really love writing everything down and and it's interesting because like don't get me wrong i have a different method for every piece of the show so I I heavily script my intros because I get distracted so I know what I'm gonna go in saying like they're not um they're not like you know I'm not performing them or anything but right. it it does I need a script like I don't I can't just go into an introduction without a uh without a script it can't just be like an outline I need like a word by word written thing so essentially I think that's why the show feels like my journal because I have to actually type out my whole intro and my intros are usually about five minutes or more long. Right. So what happens is I have, I have a page a week, at least single spaced, like size 12 font <laughs> of my <laughs> thoughts and like what I'm going through that week or what I, what's on my mind. And that's why I think I see the show as this journal. Cause I actually literally write it out and then I talk and I might add little embellishments here or there or freestyle a little bit, but I know I need a very structured introduction and that's what works for me. Some people like to totally freestyle their introduction. And so like I've done the opposite um, of some people and the same as some people. So I, you know, it just depends, but I try to spend my free time. I think this is probably why I carry like so much uh, anxiety. <laughs> I spend so much of my free time thinking of what I'm going to ask my next guest. So once I schedule or book somebody, it's like in my brain, when I'm out having dinner or I'm on a run, like I can't escape these questions in my head of like, Oh, what do I want to know? Or what could I, what's a cool question I could ask this person this week. And I think that is where most of my questions come from. So whether I write them down or not, like I do have questions in mind. Um, but I don't always write them down only if it, there's something really specific. I don't want to forget. And I jot it down before the interview. But um, lately, I think as I've gotten farther and farther in the process, I let the interview flow differently. And I, I just let the conversation happen. I think if you listen to my very early interviews, they're they're good, but they're good in a different way. Like maybe I to me, they sound really stilted and I'm very like formal about the questions. And um, some people like like that style. And, and maybe those are some of their favorite episodes. But I think for me, it's more fun if I can just kind of let it flow and let the conversation take us where it will and follow, you know, what they're wanting to talk about. I, I agree. <laughs> I, I kind of did the same thing when I started. I, I kind of very much had like a sequence of questions that I wanted to ask and then slowly realized like, this doesn't sound as natural. This doesn't come mm -hmm. across as, um, as much of a conversation as I want it. But, you know, some people pull it off really well. And I'm with you. I struggled <laughs> with that because I was like, how do I just ask this random question now that doesn't go along with what I had had planned? Now I've learned maybe how to like wind, take a winding road towards maybe a topic I want to cover or like find a way to get back to what I want to talk to um, with flexibility for the guests. But somebody who does that really well is Mario. <laughs> really. <laughs> when I listen to his show, it sometimes he'll just ask a point blank brand new question topic shift yeah. but it doesn't feel stilted and i'm like how does he do that like i can't do that <laughs> i'm like i try i think it's like he's just got this really 
like I don't know it's like he's narrating a story and he's able to just be like okay and now and I don't know I he it's just maybe it's his confidence or something but he has figured out how to turn from question to question without having um transitions all the time sometimes he does but sometimes he'll just pause and he'll just state a new question and and it feels conversational and he doesn't lose that person-to-person element but um that's something I think that's a really cool skill so I definitely look up to different people and their styles but um this is kind of what's for me right now yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I've, I've heard that because I, I listen to a lot of his stuff as well. Um, he was actually one of the people that really made me kind of think like, there should be something like this, but for New Mexico. <laughs> and I, I really enjoy what he does. And but yeah, I mean, and he has so much experience with interviewing. I and mean, when he talks about that, yep. it's just like the years that he's put in, in journalism and everything is just astounding (laughs) yeah he's one of my favorite people for sure and I I think I've learned a lot and absorbed a lot from him and we we're super excited because really cool uh 2022 like update and news for us is that we are going to be um putting out uh I don't I don't it's not going to be a totally separate show from our shows but I guess you could call it a series uh a monthly series together uh, starting soon so we are really excited about that like very uh to be announced still yeah. <laughs> but i'm i'm just excited to share the news because we're we're sure we're doing it and we're excited about it and so there will be future opportunities to hear from me and mario in conversation around our thoughts um about happenings in the running community and so we um we just knew that we wanted to do something together i think for a really long time since we've found uh really i think amazing friendship through the tracksmith fellowship and he's been the person who has most directly impacted i think my show and i am just so eternally grateful to him for that but i'm excited because i think i've grown a lot as an interviewer and as a journalist myself and it's going to be cool to get to kind of go like toe to toe with Mario yeah. a little bit and have conversations with him on a regular basis because we meet um, pretty, pretty frequently. And it, usually it's weekly, but of course, like through the winter break, we haven't been meeting as frequently. Um, typically we're meeting every week and sometimes we'll talk for like a really long time <laughs> and we'll talk and be like, we should have recorded this. And I think that's how we started realizing like, you know, I think there are people that want to hear this because both of our episodes with each other um, did really well on our shows and were, were, you know, well listened to episodes. And so we were like, Hey, there's, um, there's definitely like space for us to be doing this. And we come from really different places in the world. Um, you know, culturally, I think geographically, um, you know, just in terms of our place, you know, in men's running and women's running. And I think we're going to have some really interesting conversations, uh, moving forward. So I'm super excited about that. (laughs) I'm really excited to hear about that. Like, I like I said, I mean, Mario was one of my kind of inspirations for this. I really have enjoyed following you and seeing how you've grown and like the questions and how you talk to people. And I, you know, I can see some of the Mario influence in your mm-hmm. podcast, but at the same time, you guys are very different in the way you approach things. So doing a podcast together, I think will be really cool. Like I, I'm, I'm really excited on how uh 
how it how it flows between the two of you, how you guys will work together to bring out these different questions, because I just I I think that's going to be really awesome. I'm I'm really excited for it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm so excited. This is the first place I've mentioned it. I'll probably be mentioning it on my show too at some point. Um, but right. I'm just excited to to share that news because I think it's also been a big motivator to get back on the mic and and keep doing this stuff because. Mario is super inspiring to me. And I think even though we come from really different places and we have actually, we do have a lot of overlapping interests. Um, but yeah. <laughs> we, I think what, I think what really bonds us together is that we really carry the, a lot of the same values. And I, we always find it interesting to like compare how we got there and how, how our belief systems were shaped by our families or the sports we did or the things we experienced in life or like the hardships that we went through. And it's always so different from his perspective and from my perspective, but he's always um, given me space to talk without boxing me into a stereotype, which I think has been really rare actually to find that space. Like from day one, I and I got like the best vibe from him because I felt like he was somebody in the running community who was ready to meet me where I was. Like he wasn't trying to extract anything from me or learn anything from me he was just excited to get to know me as a person and I think that's why we are where we are today <laughs> and so um, and I think that's what makes him a good podcaster I think that's what makes him really good at interviewing people and connecting with others and um, I, I just yeah I'm really excited about about that opportunity and um, potentially you know growing in this different way because I've had an interview-based podcast where I'm interviewing a new guest every time and this is going to be something that's more consistent where we grow together because it's just the two of us um you know talking and so i i'm excited about that different format yeah that'll be cool i think and we kind of talked about this a little bit before but just as podcasters you know how do you how do you grow because things are going to change your interests are going to shift a little bit you know here and there maybe you want to try something new and so i i one Right. I appreciate you sharing this with me and everybody listening with this because that's it's really awesome and and two like it just go it fits in with you know some of the stuff you've been talking about you know when you took your break about um, and even your your solo episode where you didn't interview anybody you kind of talked about the future of grounded and you mentioned like okay the, I want to try some new things I want to bring some different aspects in and so it's really cool to hear one of the aspects that you're that you're talking about bringing in I, i'm excited like i said to, to hear that thank you so much yeah i am the i'm really looking forward to that new experience and and i've been kind of i think toying with the idea of like a new series or something else that just kind of gives me a fresh perspective on what i'm doing and, and Right. That is the interesting thing about podcasting is, you know, in order to have a podcast that people are listening to, it means people also are looking for something they can come back to weekly and rely on. And so you feel at times, I think, as a creator, a little bit maybe boxed in to like, OK, I have to do the same thing every week. And and it's hard to grow within that space. You grow as an interviewer and you grow as a person and you learn something new and it, it stays right. very fun. Like I could probably podcast forever <laughs> and it would be extremely fun. But eventually I think you also want to challenge yourself in different ways and with new avenues. And I, I can understand why I think having done this a year, I can now understand why people um, podcast for a couple of years and maybe they step back from a show and start a different one or they take on a new venture. I think 
type of weekly repetition, it actually takes so much mental strength, time, and energy to do the same thing every week. It's like you're constantly, it's like you're constantly training for something. Imagine (laughs) if you were constantly in marathon training for several years. Like that's how I feel like podcasting feels to me is it's you're, you're always on edge moving from week to week. And so um, eventually, you know, you might want to try something new. So um, I think for now, I'm still really excited about podcasting and, and just feel like I'm barely dipping my toe in it. And like, even you, you've been here a hundred episodes and and you're still doing it. And I think that's really awesome. Um, But for sure, we should give ourselves permission to try new things alongside it. Or even if you need to take a break to try a new thing and come back to it, like there is room for that, I think too. No, I, I think I think you're absolutely right. Like it's it, it does like you start thinking about all the extra things like, well, what if I did this or what if I tried this? And it's um, it, it's just awesome to kind of think about and, and kind of brainstorm. And, you know, one thing that, you know, when I think about that is like time, like how do I <laughs> how do I fit that time in? You You've mentioned before that you know, YouTube is something you'd want to, you kind of want to bring into your, your brand and um, even TikTok. And I've thought about that stuff too. I mean, there's so many things I'm like, oh, this would be cool. And if I did this and if I did that, and then it's the like, okay, I'm already like you got a full-time job, (laughs) the podcasting, the editing and all that, you know, when, when you think about that stuff, you know, how do you kind of, put in that, that amount of like, okay, this is going to take time. How can I carve that out? Yeah. I think that's where the sacrifice comes in for me. I've learned that like, there's just only so many hours in the day and this is the type of thing that I'm having to make sacrifices for. But I think when I, for me, like I would also be very antsy if I were trying to do something else. Like, like I used to read a lot. I still read. I love reading. It's a big passion of mine, but I read so much in the pandemic in 2020 and basically didn't pick up a book in 2021. And I think that's was unfortunately at that time, hopefully I have a little more balance in the future. That's one of the sacrifices I made to like be able to produce this and say, okay, when I have free time, like this isn't something I'm forced to do. I always tell myself that I repeat that to myself as a creator a lot. No one is forcing me to do this. And as of right now, I don't have any sponsors. So I I'm also not being paid to do this. And so I'm like, you know what? I am a free spirit. (laughs) No one can tell me what to do. And if I like it that way, it's always more positive. Like you should only keep doing it if it's still fun. I really believe in that. And, and I think if, if there's still fun to be found in it and joy to be found in it, um, it's worth doing. And for me, I'm like, you know what, when I think about it that way, it sounds fun to go create a TikTok around running or to figure out that platform. But if I think about it as work, it, it becomes a little bit more difficult because now I'm trying to shove it into my schedule right. on top of my nine to five job. And then it's like, oh, I, I worked today for three hours after work. And, you know, but I don't, I think it was a mindset shift for me that has helped with that in saying, no, I did what I'm passionate about for three hours after work. It is very hard and I don't want to down down, you know, size or, or de-emphasize how much hard work goes into this. And sometimes it just, there's no way around it. It feels like work. Um, and you should rest accordingly, but it's really helped me to shift my mindset and say, you know what, why did I start this in the first place? I started this because I wanted to have fun and this is what I loved doing outside of my work. 
you know, and in my free time, I chose to do this. And that's why I always check in with myself. Am I choosing to do this or am I doing this? Cause I feel like I have to, um, and that, that check-in constantly, it, it keeps me aligned, I think. And it keeps me excited moving forward. And that's why that's, I think that also helps me take those really long breaks whenever I want, because I'm like, well, you know what? Sponsors are not like, I, I can't, there's just at a certain point I have to draw a boundary. Like I need to be able to, for instance, in the fall, take my sister to college. I can't feel bad for taking a week off to do that with my family. So, you know, sometimes I take random weeks off in the show and people just have to wait. Um, but, <laughs> but for the most part, I'm pretty consistent. And I think uh, those check-ins are just so important to me because I'm like, is it still fun? Is it still fun? Like always ask yourself that um, because I think that not only keeps you keeps you healthy, but it also keeps it fun because you're constantly like reminding yourself like, yeah, this is like what I would do with my free time no matter what. And, and that, that keeps me energized. Yeah. I think one of the biggest, uh, pieces of advice I saw, like when I was looking up on, on, you know, starting a podcast and all this is similar to writing a book. Like you're ultimately, you're doing this for yourself, right? Like, yes, you hope people tune in. Yes. You hope other people are enjoying <laughs> what you're putting out there, what you're creating, but ultimately you're doing this for yourself and you have to, you have to enjoy that. And like you said, like, I mean, I can tell like when you're talking to your guests and you're laughing with them and you're joking, like you're enjoying it, you're having fun with it. Right. And you know, I feel the same way with my guests. Like I, I never thought I'd make it to a hundred episodes, but you know, it's been the whole time. Like, yes, like you said, it's work. You put in a lot of effort into it, but the people I've been able to meet and talk to and, still talk to and reconnect with has been uh a lot of fun on my end for sure yeah and that's such a fun way i think to build community for me it's like i leave each of these episodes and i have i have a new friend and <laughs> like i some some people you know I, I don't talk to them much past the episode and some people have become like some of my really close friends in life and i think that's a beautiful thing and i wouldn't have those people in my life without this show and, and I think you're right. I think a lot of um, creators are maybe, and I think this is a societal pressure put on us as, as artists and, and journalists and people that we're never supposed to put ourselves first. You hear a lot of people talk about how like they put out the show for other people. They want to show up for community. But I think until you're able to really admit to yourself that like this is something you love and it's okay to do something that you love for yourself, um, you know, it, it it's going to break down eventually, I think. And so um, for me, I'm really, I'm big into like self-care in that, in that sense. And, and I think that's something I lean into is like, is this serving me this week? Um, you know, is this something that I can sustain? Is this something I enjoy? I mean, I, I just a big believer, like, I don't like to do things that don't bring me joy. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I like really try to stay in touch with myself in that sense. I'm like, life is too short yeah. to be doing things I don't enjoy. Um, so I'm, I'm big into like taking jumps, taking risks, doing, doing whatever I want to, you know, as long as I'm not hurting other people, because it's just, it's, life is too short to not do that. <laughs> I think that's great. <laughs> um, You've mentioned a couple of times, you know, not having a sponsor. Obviously, this got started through a grant uh, with Tracksmith. And I will say for myself, like, when I first started, like, when I was getting back into the running and I'm looking at, you know, different brands and everything, uh, 
you know, it's easy. It was easy to look at Chuck Smith and be like, oh, well, that's cool. Like, they're not a big brand. They're not Nike. They're not like New Balance. Not one of those. Like, but at the same time, it's like, man, they're so expensive. Like, <laughs> it like it takes a certain yeah, absolutely. Type, type of runner to do that. But I will say, like, the the growth that they, the things that they have done with that money, they're putting their money into into things that I can support. I don't always. They're not always the first brand I look at or anything, but I, I have found like to put this out, to put this creator's thing out and they had like, you were able to get started. I mean, you, you talked about this last time we talked, like this was a big reason you, you jumped at it, you know, because they put this out, you applied for it and you know, some of the other artists and everything, and now they're supporting different groups, you know, I guess my question in that is, you know, how did you feel about that support from them and getting started in all this? That is a really good question because I think I was a little nervous actually to apply because for me, I'm somebody who didn't fit tracksmith clothes. So I think that's like really important to put out there is that the the size inclusivity and the size range was pretty uh, abysmal. And I was vocal about that. I mean, I think they know that I feel that way, <laughs> um, but, but they did expand another size and I was able to able to purchase and, and be sent to tracksmith clothing. But I still think the size range is, is very low and um, doesn't, doesn't have a wide range. So like you, I think, you know, I own a lot of tracksmith because I have been supported by them this past year, but um, initially they were not my go-to to brand just because as as a plus size woman like I was buying um, my clothes through other woman owned brands you know Athleta, Wazelle, um, you know brands like that that I knew I could count on to have my size and um, I think that was like very valid like I can't really you know, avoid speaking about that because it literally did not fit me. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, well, you know, I'm not going to be shy about this because um, that is, that's like on them. It's not on me as the runner to figure right. that out. Um, I, I can't buy something I don't fit. And so um, they're, they're aware of that. And, you know, I've had conversations with them about that. And I think the one thing that I've been really grateful for is just their belief in, the intersection of art and running. And I, I got to know the brand a little bit more. Like you have, you're going to have to basically make peace with working with any brand, right? That's right. the name of capitalism and, and functioning within it is that every brand has done something problematic and has probably um, not been aligned with your values at some point. And so um, even some of the woman-owned brands I support, right, they were like very white or I didn't see myself represented in those spaces either. So, you know, it's it, it sometimes it just feels like a lose-lose in the sense that uh, taking sponsorships as a brown Native woman is a very delicate and weird thing to do because I am constantly trying to function in this system and structure that it wasn't really made to benefit me or, uh, you know, provide me the clothing that I need to be an athlete or things like that. And so I think once I kind of made peace with that, I was like, you know what, like this brand is the brand that's providing money to artists for what they want to do. So I'm going to apply. I had no idea what to expect. And um, along the way, I think what I've appreciated so much about Tracksmith is they just let me be. And I loved that. Like that is why I think I will always be um, growing with Tracksmith and supportive of that brand. And even at this point now purchasing it, I've grown with them because they did not 
box me in. It's kind of a little bit of what I was talking about with Mario. There wasn't this expectation that I have a podcast that taught everyone in the running community about what it meant to be native. They really wanted me to do what I wanted to do. And they gave me full creative autonomy. And that is something that I am so grateful for because I was afraid having, I think, mostly known grants, uh, in the academic world, I was afraid of all the strings attached to a grant. I was like, maybe I don't want to do this through a grant. You know, this is an artistic project. This is a passion for me. What if they want to fit me in a box where I'm constantly having to promote, you know, a brand or I'm, I I don't know. I didn't know what to expect going into it. You never know. And so I was so pleasantly surprised because they were basically like, here's the money you need to start your project. We're going to do absolutely anything you need us to do to support you in that journey. And it was full on support. Like I cannot express how much they just said, we will go all in on you. Like they invested in me and I, I, there's like irreplaceable. Like I can't ask for anything more from a brand. And so, um, you know, despite, despite any of its flaws, like they, they handed me money. Like they handed me a native woman trying to start an art project who couldn't have done this otherwise on, you know, my, my nonprofit employee salary (laughs) at home in the middle of the pandemic. Um, I was so grateful to them for that because they were, here's money and we're going to like help you through this process. We're going to give you uh, access to a mentor and we're going to make sure you have um, what you need. We can help you, you know, with this and that. And and it was awesome to have these conversations and get to know their staff and their, um, their community. And I think as I got to know the people within Tracksmith, I felt more and more a part of it. And I was like, wow, there is a place for me here. And, um, you know, no matter where I go in any brand, I'm going to have to carve out my own space. So I think it was, I think it was equally as powerful as seeing myself in like women's running as seeing myself in the Tracksmith uh, journal when they put out a little feature about the the fellows. They did one on me and I remember seeing myself pictured there in Tracksmith clothing and thinking, wow, like this is a brand that supports amateur runners, um, people who are on a pathway to to becoming a professional runner. Um, I never saw myself in those clothes. I never saw myself in those photos and in that specific journal, right? And it was really cool to be like, like, hell yeah, like I'm here. <laughs> and so that was like very fun. And I appreciate them for that, um, for that. They worked with me. They didn't see it as like, oh, we're giving you this opportunity. They were like, we're here to work with you and you're a respected creator and we're going to make sure you have the funds and the support necessary so that you get where you want to go. And I, they didn't even say I had to mention them in my podcast. Like I thought that was wild. I was fully expecting to have to do that. So at the end of my show, I always say this podcast was made possible by the Tracksmith Fellowship because I want other people to know that that a that fellowship exists and b that I couldn't have done it without them. So that is in there out of my own. Just I really wanted that there. That's that's my own choice to have that there. Um, that's not an ad that they paid me for. They were like, you you don't ever have to mention us. Like, <laughs> like they were. There's no contract. It was just like, hey, you know, uh, we want to be in partnership with you. And so, I am so grateful to Tracksmith for the partnership that I have with them. And I think I'm with you in that they have really put put their money where their mouth is. And I've watched them support people behind the scenes with like no media or press around it and i think that's the coolest thing to watch this brand say hey we're going to take the money that we make from this and we're going to invest it back in 
creators, in runners, in coaches, in high school programs, in college programs, and really see them love the sport. And I, I loved that because it helped me also show people that as a native woman who cared a lot about the cultural elements of the sport, I also cared about the sport from this perspective of, you know, my dad as a coach and me as an athlete. And I felt, I felt kind of like I was able to be my full self with Tracksmith and within Tracksmith. So, um, it was an interesting journey where I had to kind of grow in my, in my perspective of Tracksmith, but I'm really happy that they're the people I got to do that with that's that's great and and thank you for sharing all of that like i said I, I from the outside being able to watch all of this stuff like it's kind of cool to see and and again like you said i mean you're gonna have to you know you're gonna have to make your peace with whatever, <laughs> whatever you decide to wear uh but it, it's it's awesome to hear when people have positive and uh, relationships with a brand, you know, mm -hmm. again, whether, whether it's something like Tracksmith or Brooks or whoever you're out there watching support the people that you enjoy support, you enjoy supporting it. It's, it's, it's cool to hear, you know, that, that positive influence, I guess, you know, cause yeah. It, and I, I try to be candid too, cause you're right. Like, you know, Tracksmith's really expensive, but I think all the things, you know, like a lot of other brands, shoes are $150, like a, a jacket at Brooks, at Wazell, <laughs> at Athleta, at Lululemon, at, right. you know, all these places <laughs> that like I'm marketed clothes constantly are very expensive as well. And so I think I'm looking around like, well, none of these are really that affordable or accessible to me. And, um, you know, ironically, Tracksmith has been very accessible to me <laughs> because I've worked. So I've been very proud to rep Tracksmith, I think, this past year because of the people behind that brand and because of the work that they've um, chosen to highlight and the work that they've chosen to focus on and do. Um, I've just I feel like there's so much good that they've brought the running community and I've gotten to see it firsthand. So now when I wear Tracksmith clothes, I feel like I'm a part of that team because I was a part of that family in that first inaugural fellowship group and um and it was awesome like it was an awesome experience and and i think that's something i will always really carry with me that's that's great and kind of on that topic of experiences you shared uh an instagram post oh man it was a while ago but it was kind of your your podcast board of and you had like your like goal guests like the the people you really wanted to talk to and they were checked off like how how cool was that to be able to talk to these people that you had as like these are goals I don't know if I'm going to get them but here here it is like I like you did it like how cool was it to talk to the like Alva Begay <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, it was really awesome. <laughs> uh, I felt so good that day. And it's funny cause I wasn't going to make that list, but my partner, when I first applied, I made that list the night I applied to the Tracksmith fellowship. So wow. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people like don't realize that I actually made that a long time ago because I almost didn't apply for the fellowship. I think we might've talked about that in the last episode. Yeah, so did. if you want to hear that story, go to the last episode. <laughs> but um, my partner really had to do a lot of convincing me like that this is worth it because I was so scared uh, of applying. But I made that list and I really wanted to find a way to interview those people like 
you know, at some point I'm thinking like five years down the road or something. So to have it happen in a year was a little crazy, (laughs) Um, but I think it really sunk in at Kara Goucher because she is someone, you know, my dad went to CU Boulder and I grew up um, really following that those teams and, you know, running with the Buffaloes was like a big part of our house. And I think my dad uh, always made sure that I had women uh, athletes to look up to and and people in my life that I could look to, um, you know, when, and, and see myself in. And even though like I come from a very different place than Kara Goucher and we're, we're very different people, um, I, I grew up watching her, you know, she was my running inspiration and, uh, and so was Alvina Begay and so was Billy Mills. And it's like, they all hold like very special, uh, a very special place to me. Um, I think on that list was also Jordan Daniel and Mebka Flesge. And so I think all those people held very different roles for me. It was like, I remember watching Meb with my dad, you know, on TV and, and, and rooting for him. And I remember, uh, just totally like fangirling and looking up to Kara Goucher. And I remember seeing Alvina Begay race in the trials and thinking, Oh my gosh, like she is from like my community. Like that is cool. Like thinking that was mind blowing and, and then growing into adulthood and really getting to know Jordan, uh, Daniel for her advocacy work and, and seeing what she could do with her platform and how, um, how outspoken she is and like inspiring in that sense. And it, it just like everyone had this different role for me and they were just the first people I thought of, like right off the bat, I just went total with instinct, like I want these people. And it was like in order and it, it fell into place. So when at Kara was when I interviewed and, and when I interviewed Kara Goucher, I just remember thinking like, okay, this is real. <laughs> like The podcast <laughs> is real. <laughs> um, it was a little bit of a pinch me moment because I was sitting there. Like I went from a year and a half ago to, you know, in the beginning of a pandemic thinking, I, okay, what am I going to do here? What's happening in my life? I really like running, but I had no plans for any of this to happen to sitting in front of my computer, having a conversation with Kara Goucher. Like it was such a big jump for me in like a year, a year and a half. And after that conversation, I almost cried because I was like, (laughs) did that just happen? And that's how I felt after Billy Mills. Um, you know, after Alvina, like it, it was just almost surreal. And after every conversation, I'd always call my dad. I'd always be like, dad, oh my God like can't believe this happened um and and to him it's so casual like he went to the CU Boulder uh track and cross country reunion and he was like hey I ran into Kara Goucher there and I'm like freaking out (laughs) Um, and you know at the prospect of interviewing her but I think to find things that I have in common or to see these people as as people and to realize they're they're not to not to downplay their accomplishments, but right. they're just runners too, you know. And and they're actually usually pretty excited to talk about themselves as just runners. And so it was so fun to get to talk to one of my like heroes in the sport, you know, and say, "Hey, so what's it like, you know, to feel that? Like, <laughs> just ask <laughs> the questions you've always wanted to ask, and and that have you know inspired you as you've read their books or you've watched them in races." And I think that's when I'm like, "Yeah, this podcast in many ways is for me because my childhood self is like constantly screaming inside, and I'm I'm always amazed at these opportunities, and I feel like." you know, there's got to be some other like nerdy native or Navajo girl out there who is like trying to be, you know, a runner in college or she just loves the sport so much and wants to hear 
you know, someone like me ask those questions. And that is like what really makes me feel good about it is I'm like, whether that's now or that's somebody going back and listening to this archive later, I want, I want that like nerdy young native girl who who wants to hear this conversation to be able to find uh, a Navajo woman, like asking questions to people like Kara Goucher and Billy Mills, you know, and Jordan Daniel. And so I, I love providing that and being in that space like that, but it's, it was very rewarding. Um, I guess in some long story short, <laughs> it was a really cool feeling and that list is still very long and there's still lots of people on it that I'm hoping to be able to chat with one day. That's, that's great. And I am looking forward to listening to all of those. Um, you know, I just have one more question kind of before we, we wrap up. Yeah. And and that's just kind of along those lines. And you talk about these people that you grew up looking up to. And I think something you've talked a lot about your podcast, two people that you've looked up to a lot are your parents who you did have on the podcast as well. What was that experience like for you to be able to bring them on and share their stories and maybe even learn a little bit about them in in, in this kind of setting. Thank you so much for asking that because I think my parents are just mean so much to me and I totally do credit them with a lot of the things I've done in my life and that I continue to do and it has been really interesting and uh, like a blessing and very unexpected part of the podcast journey to interview your parents. (laughs) It's, It's you learn a lot. And I think that's like, I've heard their stories so many times and I've, um, you know, listened to them talk about their life, um, you know, over the years. And I, I've heard my, my dad's story talking about, um, the things he's been through, you know, as a coach and an athlete, but it's really interesting when you get people in formal space and there's, I mean, it's not formal, but you know, you really sit down and record it. I feel like everyone always says, Hey, I should sit down and record my parents or like sit down (laughs) with my family and like catch everyone in a recording. Like, you know, what, what happened to home videos? Like, I I feel like we used to take a ton of home videos and then now I have this iPhone and I don't take any home videos. (laughs) (laughs) So, so it's like, I had this space and it was so special to have this set up and be like, wow, I'm going to interview my parents. Like I interview everyone else. And I, I, it's so it's so rare, I think, at this point in my life to just talk to my parents as as people. You know, right. I still see, I still feel like a kid, even though I'm almost thirty. I still feel like a kid, and I still feel like they're my parents, and that you know they're over there, and I'm over here, and I love them so much. But like, I've never sat down and been like, okay, so what was it like for you to transition from this professional career to this era? You know, like those types of questions are questions I don't get to ask in my day to day with my mom and dad because I see them so often and I have conversations with them so often. So you miss some of that stuff. And I think it was a really, and those, those episodes do really well too, because I think it gives a a better picture of who I am to really learn about my mom and my dad and, and, Actually, my mom, too, like I think my dad and I are 
are always talked about when I'm on other shows or like he was my coach, you know, so he's always appearing like when people when I'm in an article in runner's world or I'm um, being interviewed or whatever, like everyone knows, you know, my dad. Coach Dorman. I, I mean, when we talked, that's who I brought up was your dad. Cause totally. And that's like totally awesome. Like I've always been, uh, I think, you know, best friends with my dad and he's been my coach my whole life. And, um, you know, he is someone that I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't be here without my dad. You know, I, I know this sport front and backwards because of my dad. I love athletics because of my dad <laughs> and, and it's how we have always known each other. Like he coached me and I spent, a majority of my young adult life on a basketball court with my dad getting to know him through that very specific context. So I think the interview with my mom was really special for me and for a lot of other people because we've we've grown so much over the years. And my mom was, you know, for all those years, the person in the stands watching me and cheering for me. You know, she wasn't on the track or on the basketball court in the same way. And she had all these perspectives that I had never heard. And I think it was really cool to see myself like, you know, I'm, I'm her. So like in terms of our experience as native women to hear myself reflected in, in her stories and in her interview was super emotional. Like we cried in that interview and um, you know, I even edited out some more of the crying cause we cried a lot in that interview. Um, and, and it seems really abbreviated in the final recording, but like that was actually a really emotional experience for me and for my mom. And we had to take a break in the middle because I didn't know a lot of stories, you know, and even though I talked to her all the time <laughs> and it would, I think it really brought us way closer together and it helped me understand that my mom was, um, you know, just as big a part of my journey as my dad and in a different way. Like I had known that, but just the depth that interview was able to bring to that for me and to understand that like, actually I related a lot to her, right? Like I talk a lot about how I wasn't a college athlete. I didn't, I didn't perform as well as my dad on the track or, um, you know, in that context. And that was always like something that I had to work through, but my mom wasn't a college athlete. You know, she, she worked hard and, and also felt in many ways, like she couldn't, um, access those, those points either. And I think to see myself in that was really beautiful and it's just an important conversation to have with your parents. Cause there's so much growth that can happen at any point in your life. And I'm, I'm grateful that the podcast has brought me that. Plus they listen to it every week and they like <laughs> text me about it and write me and they tell me what they think about it. And I think it's brought me closer to them because my parents get to know me because also that's the other piece. I'm always asking them questions. I'm getting to know them. But like, how often do you sit down with your parents and tell them all about your own personal life? And like, you're, you know, <laughs> like you realize like, oh yeah, like I, I maybe I, I don't share as much as I probably do, you know, in other areas. Um, so I was like, I, I thought all these years so much with my parents and it just only brought me closer and I didn't realize there was still so much to share uh, and, and it's cool because they get to they get to listen to my intros every week and they get to hear about what I'm thinking about and going through and I think it's it's really helped them understand me better and uh, yeah, vice versa and same for my sister, you know, she she and I are, we talk all the time and 
when she listens to an episode, she's learning something new about me too. And, or about our mom or about, you know, our dad. And so, and she didn't play the same sports as me. She was like a superstar in a different sport. So there's so much to be learned about your family in this space just through talking. And that's why I love the podcast medium because talking is like a form of ceremony for me. And I feel like that's, that's what I love to do. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's awesome. I'm glad I asked that because I I was, I was curious about that. And it's, I think interviewing your parents is so interesting because like you said, you hear the stories all the time and how many times as a kid are you actually actively listening to your parents, (laughs) right? Like you're Mm -hmm. just kind of, you're listening, but you're not always actively listening. And so in this format, like, because you, you're thinking about that next question, right? You're thinking about, oh, how do I connect this? How do I move on? Oh, that's yeah. a good point. That That's really cool. And so to be able to have your parents on and and do that, like actually like really right. soaking in to like the words they're saying is like, it's something it's special. It really, really is. Stru- it's like, that's what I mean by like, I guess m- not formal, but structured. Like that structured yeah. interview process. It's like, that's you do that with your parents normally and they're seeing you in that professional context but also it's really personal and for me it's really powerful that I have those forever like those are recordings I have forever and that means a lot to me that's that's great and I think that's a great spot to to wrap up um again thank you so much for being here you know the last question I ask everybody is what are you listening to to get you going, get you motivated, get you out for those runs or walks or get you ready for work. <laughs> yes. Okay. So uh, I think right now I've been, oh, there's so many things. Okay. <laughs> so the Lumineers just dropped a new album. They're one of my favorite right. bands and uh, their album Bright Side just dropped like early this week so i've been blasting that for the past 24 hours but also i always have like crazy throwback music on probably because my dad like rubbed off on me and his music tastes <laughs> and he you know went to college in boulder in the 70s and 80s so um, <laughs> i've been blasting uh stevie nicks album belladonna nice. and so that's been on repeat for me for the past few days and i would say those <laughs> Some, I'm, I live somewhere between those things right now, but I'm always listening to all kinds of things. Uh, the past few months, a ton of the Beatles, uh, you know, have been have been in my uh, rotation because of the new uh, Get Back documentary, oh, God, uh, you know, out. That. And so, so I, yeah, I love music. My partner and I listen to a ton of music. I'm, I'm big on music. I was a nerdy band kid growing up, so I'm always listening for new things. <laughs> Someone else recently. I feel like it was could have been a YouTube or someone I follow like it wasn't in person, but they were talking about the new Lumineers album as well. And saying it was really good. Mario mentioned it in his shakeout newsletter. Okay, that that must be it. (laughs) Yeah, because we talked about it. (laughs) And I, I was like, yes, Mario and I have very similar musical tastes. But I'm also I should say like 2022 thus far has been very much marked by Alanis Morissette Jagged for me the album because that's probably my favorite album like one of my favorite albums of all time and like I've shared this on my Instagram but my favorite number is 22 because it's the number I wore in high school basketball and even before that 
And so uh, this year has been very like cool and nostalgic for me, like number wise, like very lucky number, like cheesy, corny <laughs> thing. But I'm like, okay, so now I'm rotating all my favorite albums in the new year and I've been going back to things I love. So those are some of my, those are some of my go-tos right now. That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's hopefully that means 2022 is a great year, another great year for you. And not only in the podcasting, but back to your running in the New York City Marathon happens and all of that awesome stuff. So thank you again for being here. Obviously, if you're not already following Danae, like follow her. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, I mean, just seriously, like this, this is, I, I appreciate your time again and catching up with you. And I'm so excited for what you have for this year your your collaboration with mario like all of it i i can't wait to hear so thank you so much is there anything else you'd like to add before i let you go just thank you so much for having me and like for sure congratulations on 100 episodes that is an amazing thing and i know uh how much work went into that and i feel like i said before like really honored and it's so fun to be your 100th episode i am excited to share this recording and i'm always happy to come back to this uh space with you and chat so yeah thank you so much for having me again (laughs) I'd once again like to thank my guest for their time and thank you for tuning in. If you have the opportunity, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or just help spread the word. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJ Teach. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RunningNM. Feel free to drop me a line or shoot me an email at RunningNewMexico.com at gmail.com if you have any questions or know of someone who should be interviewed. In the meantime, keep running, New Mexico.